from the Ben Pixel Studios in Las Vegas, Nevada, this is Phone Booth Fighting, a free weekly podcast chronicling the world of mixed martial arts and so far beyond. I'm Richard Hunter. More importantly, who are you? I'm Frank Mayer. And why are we here, Frank? Well, James has brought us James Johnson, the or yeah, James Johnson. Who's James, James Johnson? James Johnson is my old best friend. He was, uh, uh, he was one of the best men in my wedding. And is he the guy that cornered Roy Nelson after he was Cornered Roy best Nelson man? against me. <laughs> James Horn would never do that. No, he not this motherfucker. Not. No, no. <laughs> he would kill himself before he would. Like James is probably mm-hmm. the most to a point where it actually makes me nervous mm. because I'm not that good of a friend. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I'm a good mm. friend, but like mm. this motherfucker is like a psychotically good friend. Psychotic. You know what I mean? Like friend, a yeah. Japanese yakuza. Yeah. I'll cut my finger off yeah. before I disgrace you, type friend. Sure. So when you know you have a friend like that, like I know I'm like, oh fuck, man. You know what I mean? Like like the other day I fucked up. You know he wasn't at Jennifer's birthday party. Was because I was calling everybody and I called him. He didn't return my phone call. Uh So I was like, ah, you know, he's not returning it. Whatever, shit's busy. You know, his life's hectic. You know. So the next day he's like, hey man, how come I? Are you mad at me? I'm like, nah, dude. And then I'm mad at myself because I'm like, I should have fucking followed up. You know what I mean? But hear me because it's me. Jennifer's like, hey, so what are you doing for my birthday? And it's like the day before, and I got like. Oh, we're doing something for your birthday. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I got plans. I got plans. I'm in the back. I'm like calling in favors and shit. I'm like, fuck, what do I do? Well, <laughs> James Horn is uh, is Frank's sparring partner, but to me. And only black belt. And only black belt. But to me, he's also now the fake Anthony Smith. I'm trying to get this to catch on uh, for UFC fans. Uh, Anthony Smith. Not, they do look like brothers. They do look they, a lot alike. Yeah. And what's funny is they sound alike. Yeah. If you've heard Anthony yeah. Smith, because he's starting to do like some guest and uh, uh, analyst work and stuff on the UFC desk, you guys actually sound alike, yeah. too. All right, Frank, you've introduced one guest. Let me introduce the other, because these two have a correlation. This was actually a James Horn recommendation. Let's say hello to Matt Stout, who's in uh, studio with us. It's good to see you, Matt. Thank you, guys. Thanks for Appreciate coming on. having me. Now, Matt has a jiu-jitsu tournament franchise that is unlike any other you've ever heard. I'll direct you to a website called highrollers.com. That's rollers with a Z, highrollers.com, and you can follow along at home. Just open up another tab in your browser there if you're watching us on the Phone Booth Fighting YouTube channel. And uh, I'll just give you the layman's explanation, and then, Matt, maybe you can fill in the blanks. This appears to be a uh, jiu-jitsu tournament where the competitors smoke marijuana. That is correct. Okay. That is correct. How, how, what would be well, the, uh, no. yeah. This is a jiu-jitsu tournament where it's known to well, everybody yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that the competitors smoke right. marijuana. That's actually the point <laughs> as opposed to something that's just happening out back. Yeah. 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 Trust yeah. me. Jiu-jitsu so, guys and weed go hand in hand. Yeah. So, uh, and, you know, if you go to the website, you're going to see some amazing coverage on this. I noticed, like, uh, Vice has already done a profile piece on this. Uh, but with grappling tournaments gaining in popularity, particularly like uh, Eddie Bravo Invitational, and I know you guys use the EBI rules, I think, for your tournament. You know? We did. The first two shows, okay. we used the EBI rule set, yes. Okay. Well, let's go back and just kind of give us a basic setup of how often these tournaments happen and when they do happen, exactly how is it, how is it done? Sure. So it's not just myself. I'll start with, I have a partner, uh, Lon Howard. He works in security in the music industry. Uh, he's a blue belt in Henzo Gracie's uh, Academy in, in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, he travels a lot with, uh, you know, with his job. He mixes it up in a lot of different studios and he smokes heavily. So 
this was a mixture of two passions and uh, a, a mixture of ideas. We both kind of had similar ideas and met and, and, and brought this together. So I didn't want to throw him out. This is not just me mm -hmm. um, by any means. But um, the two of us did it. My, my partner, Lon, had the name for the, uh, the idea for the name. And, and he basically he wanted to run a tournament and give pounds away. Um, I had a similar idea. I was trying to play with the Diaz brothers about three months before called Smoke and Roll. And it was... We had included Crone Gracie of the Breathing Seminar. It was an all-natural food festival type type idea. I was trying to merge these worlds, um, uh, more specific, w w with an event. You know, yeah. something between cannabis and martial arts. I've worked with Nick and Nate uh, Diaz for three years, so it's been a focus on those two worlds. So I met him as soon as he told me that. I was like, I'm your guy. You know, I have a lot of this laid out already. Let's go. I'm ready to go. I can get sponsors. We can do this. Um, he gave me, you know, the trust to get it started, and, and within 45 days of that conversation, we had our first show, which is almost unbelievable looking back. It was just, I'm a kind of a nut. I just fixated on this, and, and we ran with it. Vice did chronicle that first uh, show. Mm -hmm. uh, we had Joe Schilling competed with us as a blue belt, which kind of shocked a lot of people, you know, very, very well known as a kickboxer. Um, kickboxer. He did great. Hit a, fl a flying triangle on somebody. Mm -hmm. um, Daniel Strauss, I'm not sure if you Bellator featherweight champion, yep. two time, came back and competed with us for, our, for his first time from the, you know, paralysis injury he had mm. oh, sustained yeah, right. like nine yeah, months yeah. prior. Yeah. So that was really awesome to welcome back. He's uh, he's he's a real close friend and, and ally to the, the organization, but. With that, that's basically what we, we leveraged a few different components we knew we needed to leverage. We called him Renato, uh, Renato Laranja mm -hmm. as our MC. He really added a, a flavor and vibe to the mm -hmm. event, as you'd imagine. He was fantastic. Eddie Bravo. Um, we had worked together a bit on sponsors for his platforms. Must so. have been hard to get Eddie Bravo to come to this tournament where everybody was smoking pot and, and rolling, right? It was real, it it was real tricky. You know, it was arm, funny because yeah. he was he was convinced he was going to get arrested. I mean, through, through the <laughs> whole time, and as he was smoking, <laughs> it only got worse. He kept pulling everyone to the side. Are you sure no one's coming in? It's like, dude. <laughs> that would be the ultimate Eddie Bravo sting. You know, like when the, the they say they're going to give away it Oakland Raiders tickets right? and then they arrest everybody for delinquent child support that'd be the way you'd get eddie bravo that's you'd actually say you were having a tournament yeah, that's actually fine. hilarious because Renato, renato he, he really got into character when i when i first talked to him uh -huh. um he kind of got out of character yeah. on, on the phone and it shocked uh -huh. me because i only knew the character you yeah. know and he was like this surfer dude and he's like bro i have all these ideas and his initial idea was to come in in some retro outfit and treat it as a dead by a deadbeat dad scenario to bring everyone to that room and he's like look halfway through i want to start talking into my jacket and i'm like i yeah. don't know <laughs> you might freak people out and they, they, they might start leaving yeah but um yeah you reminded yeah. me of that funny stuff yeah yeah so so uh so there's been two events now looking at your calendar you've announced a whole 2019 event schedule that includes las vegas i see you've got something planned to be uh, part of international fight week on July 6th and 7th. And this appears to be open to anyone from white belt to black belt. So yeah, whereas sir. the events that have taken place before are like kind of invitation only type uh, showcase thing, this is something where anybody can enter, right? Yeah, so our first two shows, uh, they were they, they went viral. They were really well received. All our competitors were thrilled. They were very, very hard to plan and run correctly. Yeah. Both of our venues, this is insider, not many people know this, but we were kicked out of both of our venues within 24 hours of having both of our first shows we had to find a new venue move everything mm. fire marshal through the state so we don't have somebody's not digging what we're doing mm -hmm. on a higher level and it's nothing we can combat mm. we had to react so 
We launched uh, the schedule this year. They're actually non-consumption events. There's the friendly vibe. People are smoking outside. It's it's that type of person we're attracting to our events. But mm -hmm. uh, it's not a super. It's not like super competitive and really serious. Everybody's screaming, "Kill, rip his arm off!" You know, it's not that. There's more of camaraderie and, and an environment and a, a culture, community to it. So brotherhood, almost. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the vibe with the music too. I mean, that affects it. The Lon and myself. Uh, I'm, I'm more serious. Lon's very friendly and he mans the mic, and it's just a very, uh, very friendly, inviting environment. But what we've done is, we have an eight open season where we're traveling around America. We just started in Pittsburgh. We went to San Francisco. We just closed out Miami two weeks ago, and we have Las Vegas in three. Then we go to Denver, Seattle, New York, and San Diego. Of those opens, we take the top two winners of each bracket, and they're all caught. And they, we have a show at the end in December, uh, the first week of December. We have a big announcement coming as to where we're holding that show. It's definitely going to blow people's minds. We're doing something really, really cool, but that's completely private now. Mm. What we've done is create essentially satellite businesses and tournaments in a sense. People are paying now to come into these qualifiers where we have a fun environment. Our, our sponsors come out. We have two day of uh, featuring these athletes and getting to know them bringing our our business to these different states and communities and uh and then finding these winners and building a storyline we've been producing a docuseries behind this behind the scenes of these weekends we we get an airbnb our team is very diverse we're connected to a lot of different people we have a lot of ufc fighters come through nate came through san francisco nate diaz uh tyron woodley was in miami um, we have a whole bunch coming through um vegas planned to come so We've been uh, we've basically been building towards this culmination show. It's once once again we'll be smoking. It will be private though completely. No mm -hmm. tickets for sale whatsoever. Uh, contender series style, so nobody can stop us. Oh, okay, yeah. And just now, say it's private now, production. I, I, so I, I'm oh. assuming that this is really being allowed to to blossom with the emergence of legalization going on in so many states, including Nevada now. So, I mean, that doesn't mean that you can do uh, whatever you want to do in every state, but there's more states available than ever before for that sort of thing. Correct. So if you want to do something like that, I mean, the, the layman's understanding might be, oh, well, marijuana is legal in that state, so I'm sure it's fine. Is it fine or do you still have weird red tape you've got to navigate? The entire industry is red tape and gray area. Honestly, yeah. nothing's been defined yet, and they keep changing rulings and rulings and regulations with state to state. So there's no way to define. It. You really just have to use common sense and and, and protect yourself in, in your planning and strategy and how you do these things. But it really comes down on the event side to it being private or public. If it's publicly, if there's tickets available for public uh, purchase anywhere, if mm -hmm. they can find them in a, in a general search, it's a public event, whether you restrict uh, who can buy them. Or, so it really has to be invite only, no address shared or promoted type type situation to be a private event. And then you're consenting adults doing something legal in a private building. Yeah. And then when you do that, and we're, if you're, again, if you're watching our Phone Booth Fighting YouTube channel, you're seeing various clips off of the high roller sites to give you an idea of what Daniel this looks Strauss like. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. And Charles Bennett. Oh, oh yeah. Felony. I, I can't believe he's actually doing jiu-jitsu. Yeah. yeah. We, we, Frank and I attempted to interview Charles Bennett about a month ago. That was the most difficult interview of our entire <laughs> career. He's a character. He's a character. Yeah, he and I'm sort. not a professional, you know, journalist like he is where... 
I just kind of got quiet. I'm like, I don't know how to talk to somebody. This fucking, uh, I'm not even near your wavelength, and I can't even like. You know, I, it was just funny. Frank yeah. looked at me after that interview. Frank looked at me in a broadcasting way, like I had just held top position on on Hicks and Gracie for ten minutes. <laughs> He's like, How'd you do it? How'd you yeah. do that? I don't know how that, hey, how that happened. Composure was able to navigate and control him. And, 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 and I'm just like, fuck. Well, you're wandering off over here. Come back over here. Come back over here. Um, yep. Okay, so so when people s- smoke, is there – I mean, you got to have your rules for the, the actual tournament side of it, but is it anything more than just sort of this friendly camaraderie of we're both smoking? Is it is – it, um, regimented in terms of we each have to smoke this amount Do you see right what I'm yeah so a lot of people wonder of, that yeah uh, it's it's definitely we have like kind of the unwritten rule that at our shows you have to smoke you have to at least smoke if you're coming uh-huh. there everyone else is smoking if we feel somebody's not and we've never really had that issue before yeah um i guess we'd try and address it and just ask them because it's kind of an honor system thing i don't think we'd and by the uh, way are we just talking about competitors we're talking about competitors so Any, somebody's everybody in the else crowd can do whatever they want whatever yeah, right. okay yeah. so, so we pass like we pass yeah. joints into the warm-up area yeah big, you know i mean we've passed two two ounce joints this big into the warm-up area so yeah. it's more prop and it gets exciting yeah but is that a lot james james is my marijuana translator yeah that's no, a that's, lot of that's okay. a lot okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. absolutely yeah. that's a lot okay. for a big joint. go ahead yeah. you were saying has anybody gone to the other side where you're like hey man it's time to roll they're like just stuck no, no, no. There's, there's been a few people in. that definitely have been a bit too stoned, and they've been moving slowly on the mat. You know, this guy won't get out sure. of turtle guard. Yeah, I think some people He's are used to taking a couple mat. hits on the bowl before class, and they come into us, and it's like, no, we're we're going hard. You know. Okay. Um, there is no specific amount. It's really kind of honor system. We didn't mm-hmm. want to. We didn't want to do that. That the. the, the um, Really, it's just kind of we're here to smoke. So we hope that you're there for the same reason and you're not mm-hmm. going to try to come in and, and, and kind of rig the system and, and do it. As far as the, you know, I wanted to touch on what you had said earlier. There's a tremendous synergy between these two areas, you know, cannabis and martial arts mm-hmm. in general, not yeah. just jiu-jitsu. So mm-hmm. we jumped on something that was already there and we knew that. We didn't want to try. I mean, we actually try to make it as relevant and we try to destigmatize cannabis as much as we can. We didn't want to get too crazy with, you need to smoke, you need to mm-hmm. smoke this much. Did you smoke one? It's like, dude, just try to keep this as chill as possible. Yeah, it makes sense you know what me. we're doing. Well, just, yeah. it, it makes sense that the two worlds go well together because of what, you know, people who smoke, there's a camaraderie in that world. You guys usually don't just sit at home, hey, you're going to smoke? Yeah, I'll see you later. I'll go smoke on my own. Right. Every, everybody gets together. And jujitsu, that's one thing I noticed from, you know, in MMA, we always transition from striking gyms to grappling gyms. And it's funny, the one thing I've really noticed about personalities, because I'm so much into psychology, strikers are very much lone wolves. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. go into a kickboxing gym and you'll have tons of different guys, clicks, and you might have a guy who has friends, but he's like under him. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Like that's his apprentice. Where you go into jujitsu area, grappling, there's much more of a camaraderie where everybody's friends with each other. For barbecues, hang out. I've never been to a kickboxing gym that had a barbecue. Right. I've mm-hmm. never been to a jujitsu gym that doesn't have a barbecue day where mm-hmm. everybody gets together and, you know, and they all hang out. That's, that's funny you say that. One of the the uh, girls that's training with us and went to Warrior this year, who's new to everything, like no experience, she told me yesterday, she goes, wow, she goes, one of the things I'm really having to get used to is like being in contact, like people being in your space. And I hadn't thought about that in a long time, but I'm like, yeah, when it comes to jiu-jitsu, I mean, you'll just, you'll just be ear to ear with some guy talking about your plans for the weekend. You well, know, you gotta like be you cool. So all yeah. that down. Cause yeah. if someone doesn't really wash their hair, but once a week, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah it's like, Hey man, that shit's in my face. You 
you know, we're yeah. all, you know, jujitsu yeah. is much more like we're all brothers now hanging out. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, buddy, you know, have you ever think about switching that shit up a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> that or stop passing my guard, man. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> it, yeah. does, it does force that connection for sure. I never really thought about that, but absolutely. That closeness to other, you know, most people are only intimate with few people. And I mean, it's not intimate, but it, you're an intimate for sure. Yeah. yeah. Like you're not, well, and I think the nature of it too. Mouth yeah. If you think everything. about the nature of grappling, we can go hard with each other in the gym and still pull up and not hurt each other. Right. So you could almost be a complete pacifist and roll and be extremely lethal at jujitsu, as long as the other person protects themselves and wants to tap at the appropriate time. That can't be said about striking gyms. There's no way for us, I mean, the only way we don't hurt each other is if we go light. Right. There's no way that I said, okay, let's, let's have a hard round of sparring, whether it's boxing or kickboxing. I am essentially punching somebody in the face. Yeah. I think that's why it doesn't create the same closeness that the jujitsu or grappling gyms creates just because of the whole nature of the beast it's like hey man you know we're we're gonna hit each other you know i mean like hitting somebody is a little bit more it's hard to hit your friend more than it is to choke your friend as weird as that sounds people at home that don't train be like the fuck are you saying but you know what i'm saying like slipping a choke on someone like you can laugh afterwards i hit you with a straight right hand and you're sitting there and you're hurt and now you're like hey man i gotta take a day off from work and shit like there's there's all of a sudden like okay for me to get in the state of mind that i want to hurt you in sparring i really can't be your close friend you know what i mean I, I i just i can't but we could be close friends and i want to tear your ass on the mat yeah. oh you know we're going at it you know what i mean but knowing that the minute it gets to that point where all of a sudden something's about to break we let go but up to that point it was a hundred percent yeah yeah i can't go a hundred percent and most guys don't that's why you know boxing gyms even more you have the boxing guys and they're not i mean a few clicks and then that's it and then Mm. you know when you go and spar it's like it's they're enemies yeah now when uh so so these happen and then uh now have you seen any kind of effects where like let me ask you this how have you seen the marijuana affect the jujitsu good bad or not at all all three so I have to preface this by uh, my, my partner and, and Lon has a, a brother Breeze. He's a purple belt. Lon is a blue belt. Um, I'm a white belt still. I don't uh-huh. train consistently. I do train, but I got pulled into this kind of through working with Nick and Nate. I've been smoking yeah. since I was like 13. But so I don't know one way or the other. I know the way that I learn and I know the way that I hear people who have smoked and, and not smoked and, and with learning jujitsu and doing I know that it puts me into a reactionary flow state. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's very much a, it reduces the chatter and I'm able to get into a state where I respond correct, you know, correctly and quickly to things and, and just keep that going, which I think is what most athletes, they, that's the state of mind you, you want to find, especially in a, no side chatter, no doubt. Right, they want to be operating in the reptilian brain, you know, yeah. not your frontal lobes, your central cortex, you know, pull back. Yeah, I feel like cannabis does that for me. I really do. Uh, not not maybe for those. It's, some people find that that statement confusing. Maybe who aren't used to cannabis or don't smoke and consume. The first time you smoke it, the second time you smoke it, it's going to intoxify. It, it, it's going to intoxicate you. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to fuck you up. You're gonna mm-hmm. get. Yep. But it's you, you, tolerance. It's not like drinking. It's not like oh, I can drink another beer and now I'll be okay. Where that would have fucked me up last. Tolerance comes on very quickly, and mm. you adjust to that mindset. And things like driving under the influence of cannabis is not like somebody who doesn't consume cannabis or maybe has once or twice and felt that onset of it's you know, it's a psychedelic. Yeah. Um, 
but I, I, I'm, I'm very used to it. I perform very well on it, and I feel like that helps my jiu-jitsu. You know, I feel like I learn it quickly when I apply myself to anything, for that matter, because I'm able to focus on it completely. I want to do <clears throat> what I'm doing with a thousand percent of my attention, mm. with everything, undivided, completely. What do you hear from the guys in the tournament? Like, does anybody else say anything different in terms of, wow, that was more impactful than I thought it was going to be, or... You don't get first-time smokers, though, to these tournaments. Like, you're getting guys who this is what they do. Yeah. So yeah, it's like you said. probably not the, the best place to Right. Like you said with the driving thing. Virginity. It's, you, yeah. smoke yeah. A, you smoke a joint the first time and you go and try and drive, you're going to be fucked up, like you said. But these aren't guys who are smoking their first joint trying to go roll. These are guys no. that this is what they do. We tapped into something very real. I mean, yeah. the following we have is cult. You know, it's, mm. there's no other way about it. And, but if you, if you choose to both smoke cannabis, that's, that's a passionate venture. Most people who make that choice, it's a pretty passionate and very real one that it starts to identify them. Mm. Same, same thing can be said for jiu-jitsu. So when they overlap and we've now created what we've created for those people, we're like the perfect mixture. It's like, wow, you know, so... Yeah. We get tremendous love and support, and a lot of the reason we've been able to continue continue this and have continued this is because of them. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of just not letting us off the hook. We we almost kind of called it quits after the first year. We did some fun events, and it was like, you know, what do we do with this? Mm-hmm. But people were like, dude, when is the next one? Yeah. Let's go. So we're rolling with it now. The um, in in the the invit I guess we call them like invitation only uh, shows tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, the prize is a pound of pot. And again, my marijuana translator, James Horn, tells me that could be valued at three, $5,000, something like that. So that's a, that's a, a handsome prize. Yeah. Now, do you run into any problems? With, because it's a private event, is that just like one person gifting another that amount of marijuana? Or is there some kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, is yeah, that yeah. Well, that's another big gray area. Issue? Yeah. yeah, we paid taxes on it being donated. It's kind of in a charitable event. But we did cover our bases in the way that there's to be covered. But there's no defined rule set on kind of how this uh-huh. would be done. Yeah. Um, you know, or handled correctly. And until they figure out a rule, this is this, you know, it's very tricky. California is wow. wide open, but they keep double backing on everything they say and do. And we work with that work with cannabis companies closely. It's mm-hmm. very, very tricky. It's kind of like, well, there's, there's a bit of risk there. We took some risk for sure in the way that we did it. But the only thing that we, you know, what was available to us to do this correctly, we did. Okay. which was paying taxes on donated cannabis to people, you know, yeah. so, but it's above the legal limit for, for, you know, uh, as far as, um, daily intake, not daily intake, but a uh, possession, uh, like possession yeah. or whatever, you know, Wait. you're allowed to have supposed to like two ounces, I guess. So, oh, okay. You know, there's areas of overlap for sure. Is there a limit here in Nevada too? I think it's like two ounces. I know you can buy two ounces at any given moment. So, oh, okay. you know, yeah. can you just keep buying two ounces until you get a pound though? I mean, in theory, you can do that like at different places. You can right. play the system, but right. they, they record could, it, and you can't do it at the same place in right. the same day. But then if, a, if a cop pulled you over and you had a pound on you at that point, are you in trouble? You could start to get. I mean, it's it's pretty light right now how they're treating those things, but I think you'd need a lot a lot of weight to really raise raise some. I, I'd imagine yeah. it's you probably get a ticket and it probably get taken though. You know, okay. That's yeah. kind of like why we started doing this. Yeah. It's like what what are the repercussions? Even this comes, you know, if somebody. It's not like this person's going to go to jail for for any any amount of time. You know that's yeah. that's shifted. At least we have understanding. You know now. Mm-hmm. 
Some mm-hmm. people, <laughs> so, some yeah. people still. Yeah. I, I'm always amazed when some people are still so anti. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like I always tell people, and you know, this he's yeah. worked as a bouncer longer than I did. I've never had an issue with someone with weed. Like if people yeah. wanted to smoke out, I'm like, fuck, go ahead. Worst case scenario is, my like, hey, dude, you got to buy another drink, man. The club wants to make money too. Stop sitting there, you know. Yeah. But as far as like ever, did I ever grab a dude by the back of his neck and throw him out of a club high? Fuck no. Alcohol. And what cop has ever done that? What cop ever ever deals with somebody in a marijuana possession? They're shy. They're they're evasive. They're scared. They're nervous. They're intimidated. A drunk person is angry and boisterous, confident as a motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah, I can't imagine they run into issues other than somebody who violently is protecting some criminal enterprise and associated with cannabis. I can't see it. Yeah, you know, I mm -hmm. say it all the time and. People with kids usually look at me like I'm crazy, and I say, it's weird to me as a society. It's okay to have your kids in the back seat and go drive them to the liquor store and pick up liquor, or to drive them through the CVS and pick up your pharmacy prescriptions. That's completely okay. No one looks at that as that's weird. But now if your kids know that you smoke weed or if you smoke weed and have kids or whatever, that's that's just, you're a psycho. Yeah, and that, that that's a big thing that, that it, it's just very passionate to me on a personal note, the, the stigma is associated with yeah. it. You know, people will still whisper in legal states about cannabis use that their nephew's using it to, to fix an ailment, but they'll go out and drink in front mm. of their child, as you said. It's just so asinine to me. It yeah. makes no sense whatsoever. I think athletes performing at the highest levels and fighters there's no other sport that demands that much of a human being i I, you know i I don't believe so spiritually you know physically in every 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 walk so you know i think healthy fighters who, who who are dealing with that stress dealing with that career and especially you know winning and performing at high levels and and using cannabis they're probably the best example of helps me yeah. out i, I, I think now. i but think it just comes stigma is i still gotta hide it at my house yeah <laughs> well this mirror is like and i can only say it because she doesn't watch the show she's aware of it i don't hide it but i have to only use vape pens if i want to mm. intake any thc at night so i can go to sleep you know and and not be up all night in pain because mm-hmm. i could take kratom during the day mm-hmm. i can't take kratom at night because then right. i'm like you know talkative and i'm jacked so I have to go to the backyard, you know, walk outside, water my bonsai tree, I, I take oh. it and then come inside. Well, now you get another way. You can just enter a bunch of jiu-jitsu, high rollers jiu-jitsu <laughs> tournaments. Yeah. She'll be like, what has gotten into yeah, you? Right. Another tournament this yeah, weekend. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but, it's far, but you're right. Like the stigma, like go sit there and I'll, and I'll tell people, like, would you rather me take pain pills? Yeah. Like, well, let's, you know, but I, then I, people I, will tell you, well, that's from a doctor. I'm like, you know, dude, you it's can, so much worse for you. It's you so can get much worse. kicked off of like pain pills. Like my dad is on pain pills and if he tests positive for THC they'll like yank his yeah. they'll get mm. totally kick him no, off how stupid mm. is that you're sitting there yeah. and they go, yeah. I'm trying to take less pain pills right so I'm supplementing with THC so maybe yeah. I can get down no fuck you yeah. Yeah. take all the pain pain take well, the shit that'll so shut your that's liver because down. you know who doesn't like that is the pain pill company right yeah. that's I, like I think see I think it's a marketing issue I think this oh, totally. has to do with 100%. and I think where this will change is the more that we see like every time I go do comedy at the stratosphere I pass by the neon green Dispensary, you know, that's something that didn't exist. Well, I think Colorado even a just think that uh, aren't they over a billion dollars in tax revenue? Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's I, a billion dollar mark already. I think the yeah. more that you start to see that stuff just on the street corner and the signs or the billboards or whatever, yeah, well, the more people it. are going to absorb it into their subconscious, yeah. just like they do Budweiser ads or whatever. Yeah, else. yeah. but like you said, like when I go, yeah. you know, I've had back and hip surgery, so I have complete. I mean, I can go to any pain doctor anywhere, and I should be able to get whatever I want. I mean, mm-hmm. oxycotton, whatever. With the with the x-rays and the injuries i have i don't do painkillers 
But I always keep every, at least once every six, eight months, I'll go and I'll get a script just so I always have something for traveling backup just in case I hurt myself, something gets bad. Um, my the rules and the laws have gotten very stringent over the last year as far as the painkillers and how much they can give out, what they can give mm -hmm. to each other. And so I started talking to my doctor as she's giving me a hard time, which I hardly get them. I'm healthy when I come in. I always do my drug test. And whenever they ask me for a piss test, yeah, sure, no problem. I'm not hiding anything. So I started asking her, hey, what do you think about CBD? What do you think about THC and also Kratom? Mm -hmm. No, no, those things aren't good. She literally told me those things aren't good. Why? Have you done any research? Well, you know, I just, I've heard some things. No, no, no. When it comes down to it, they're not getting paid off of yeah, Kratom. Yeah. There's no kickback off of Kratom. There's yeah. no kickback. The off rep of th isn't coming by the office. That's the problem yeah. right now. And when I, you know, and it's so frustrating, man. But like, I, that's why I love what you're doing. Because getting the stigma away from it. It should be okay to go to a bar with your friends and stand outside with all the cigarette smokers and smoke a joint. Yeah, agree. Why and is I that weird? I yeah, do it so everywhere. I do, I do not give a fuck. That's, mm -hmm. that's like my activism. I smoke yep. everywhere like it's a cigarette. I'll 100%. light on, on a subway platform in front of a restaurant. I don't care. I don't care. What am I doing mm -hmm. to somebody? It smells good. I mean, if I'm bothered, never buy kids or something, but... Uh, come on, it's just ridiculous. I, I feel like stepbrothers right now. Did we just come back? Did we just become <laughs> best friends? Did we just come back? Is that what just happened? I think the other thing, yeah. too, with these tournaments is, you know, as, as funny as the stereotypes are of, you know, somebody got stoned and forgot what they were supposed to do for the last three days or whatever, sat on the couch and just ate chips, this is actually showing activity. This is showing physical activity and athletic accomplishment coinciding with that you know so i think that's that's important as well yeah, yeah it, it could be such a tool like i'm still new to the world so i'm a novice i'm very much of a white belt like the opposite of you a black belt on the mat white belt <laughs> yeah. <over there>. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like polar opposites i'll teach you you teach me <laughs> there we go but like i've learned that there's certain strains that i have on my vape pen that that keep me where i'm able to focus but then i sit there and i like i've always used to be super flexible all the way up to my 20s and then now i'm, I'm 40 now I have to stretch. And I hate stretching at the end, man. Usually I'm tired, I'm drinking water, I don't wanna stretch. Mm. I'll take a couple puffs from this and sit there and like, it'd be like an hour later, so he goes, are you still gonna hang out here? I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'll sit there and do a full yoga session. You can't tell me that that's not useful. It's still like, right. it's like, mm. what thing could I take that'll simulate that that doesn't, isn't just a pure chemical yeah. that's man-made that's gonna fuck me up, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely right. There's actually a, a really talented, the triathletes, you know, I work with the Diaz brothers are triathletes as well. A tremendous amount of triathletes consume cannabis. They eat edibles before long runs because it puts them into a zone of just kind of phasing out all mental chatter, not very much or tracking them 30% through this. You know, it's, it's very much you just get into a place where you're almost not thinking and mm. just doing. Yeah, you I know? like edibles. I do a lot of edibles because yeah. it's easy. Easy. They're strong and they're easy to avoid, you know, yeah. detection. In the detection. <laughs> they can fuck you up, though. You got to be oh, careful. Dude, with them. No. <laughs> I made a mistake one time. <laughs> James was introducing me to stuff, right? And, and I'm sitting there and I, I did, the, I think, the classic blunder that almost everybody's ever done with edibles. Ah, oh, this shit's not working. Let me try some more. This shit's uh. not working. Let me try some more. By the time I realized it was working, holy shit for like eight hours i laid in bed just like you know like every hour or so i'm like okay i'm not as high as i was but i'm still high and then like about an hour later i'd just repeat the same statement over again just i was lost in the universe man, oh, man. i thought i had cannabis uh, owned and figured out and then one, one of those edible oh yeah give me another one boom mm -hmm. boom boom and it 
I was uh, the respect was back. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it can pull you into pits of the pits of Edibles hell. Edibles will man. do that to yeah. you, man, for yeah. sure. I'm, you know, I'll get up to the point where I'm like, you know, four, five, ten milligrams, and I'm like, you know, this isn't a big deal. And then I'll really upper it. I'll do a, you know, like seven, eight, and then you know, yeah, you hit that limit, and you, it gains its, it gains its respect back for it's sure. It's very, very different. It's it's it, and for anybody who hasn't done either, uh, they're, they're extremely different. One's uh, processed different in your liver, I believe, but it's ten times more psychoactive when you consume cannabis for smoking it and that's the fact 10 times more psychoactive i wasn't aware of that yeah which one's better for physical just pain relieving i would imagine eating it probably but i have to be honest i don't eat it often because it fucks me up so i'll smoke from the minute i wake up to the minute i go to sleep but i cannot i I don't like eating it too much we should have had him here big Mm -hmm. you know aries Mm -hmm. uh train with him now the pro wrestler he comes and meets me in the morning at lifetime and you know, he smokes before he walks into the gym. Uh, you know, and if we step out to go do something, go catch lunch or something, he smokes in between. You can't tell the guy. Just, and he goes through a full lift and everything. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The website highrollers.com, high rollers with a Z. Now, the schedule uh, going through the summer and uh, fall is going to hit uh, Las Vegas and, uh, wait a second, where are my dates? Oh, there we go. Las Vegas, Denver, Seattle, New York City, San Diego, and Los Angeles. Now, you were saying, so you were saying, Matt, that on these events, like say the one, the two-day event that's going to be in Las Vegas, this isn't everybody sitting on the mat smoking. This is the brand, but the this is more... Um, smoke or non-smoke the, the, the smoking is happening if you before you come in or outside so, or something like that yes i did but i didn't uh we are gonna we are gonna switch it up for vegas we are gonna do smoking this time oh okay. we, we nice. just figured that out we're gonna do a private location we're not gonna release the address more pro focused we have a lot of you know obviously the fights that night we have a lot of uh, our friends uh, in town so yeah we're gonna shoot for uh a cool little shindig over the weekend. A bit That's different awesome. than what we've oh, done elsewhere. In, in addition to the to the advertised tournament that I'm seeing, uh, when it's people the same can sign thing. up for. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's oh. going to be basically open to only competitors and okay. homies. Okay, okay, got not, it. Not to anybody who's looking to just spectate. It's sponsors, uh, friends. It's okay. invite only event. We're going to do full consumption. A lot of our sponsors are coming out heavy and hard. Awesome. So okay, so yeah. that's in Vegas, and then these other that's locations upgrade. that I'm seeing come through will be something that uh, people can sign up to compete in. Gi or no gi? Is that is yes, right? yeah, okay. the, the, the whole schedule is open for registration now, actually, mm-hmm. all the way through November. December is the only event that you can't register for. That's the winners yeah. throughout the season. What about the production of it? The production of this looks good. Um, this isn't. This doesn't uh, look like somebody just you know shot it on their phone or something like that. I mean, obviously, you put some thought into to this. Who's uh, who's who's to uh, be credited for for this? Because I think it's got a nice look to it, too, a nice aesthetic. I, I, I that, that's me. I appreciate okay. that. Yeah. I'm like yeah. I, I love the branding aspect of, uh-huh. of what I do. I, I love that aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I do something, I want to do it as, as good as I possibly can. So I definitely leveraged a lot of uh, my network and, and what I could on the production side to, to get it where it is. But uh, mm-hmm. I try to set a very high standard for myself. I want people to perceive this, especially with the stigmas associated with cannabis users, that it was put together correctly, that there was thought put into it. I, I care greatly about our sponsors, our competitors, and our attendants, what they feel about us and the show when they leave. Mm. You know, it, that's what's most important to me than anything mm-hmm. honestly the god's honest truth it's not about the money this is uh it's larger than that you know we're doing something really cool that a lot of people really dig and it's a great team um 
So yeah. I go as hard as I possibly can. I really yeah. do. You know, uh, I Mikey. You saying that though. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, porno Mikey producing for us. He's uh, named that Matt because uh, his day job is filming pornography professionally. Speaking ah. of speaking of professional videographers, Mikey is one. Uh, you know, just as we were sitting here chatting. A little uh, porno Easter egg I spotted in the background. Did you see it? No. You know who was in attendance at one of these? No. Uh, porn ingenue Abella Danger. Oh, okay. I yeah. saw her in the crowd. Huh? Yeah, that's that interesting. Was a good spot. Yeah. Ah, see there. <laughs> he knew. It was Nick Diaz. Yeah. yeah. There he is. You're champ. about the only guy I know that yeah. could point out a porn star. Mm-hmm. I mean, not immediately be able to make a scumbag joke. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. I, I mean, like, I'm in the yeah. same boat. A lot of my friends like know who's who, and I mean, yeah. of course, I, I I I watch, but I don't have the attention. It's like uh, I'll, I'll watch the game, and it's oh, there's mm-hmm. a score and a hit, but who the hell did what? I don't yeah. Know. When you're into like knowing a girl's stats and where she's from. Right. Take a shit a little too serious, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That That's actually, a little creepy. Yeah. That actually was, uh, she was, um, she came with a, a third, it's a, another partner of ours actually, Mike, um, Icy Mike, uh, who's for Kimbo, Kimbo mm-hmm. Slice oh, Fights. Okay, yeah. He oh, was Kimbo's huh. manager. Oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. He's also involved in, in, in the porn industry, moving away from it, but he's been helping uh, us on a logistics side from, the, you know, from behind with mm-hmm. the the elements of running the business that I don't like doing, like the financial side and taxes mm-hmm. and some of the logistics and stuff like that. So that is, yeah. uh, that's why we were graced with Abella's presence. She she promoted the hell out of that show for us. So oh, okay. that was awesome. awesome. Yeah. All right, very yeah, nice. We well, you never know what, what the adult stars will show up apparently at one <laughs> yeah. of the High Rollers uh, events. Now, what did you uh, what did you bring uh, with you there, uh, Matt? You, br- you brought, I saw you came in yes, with bags. I didn't, I felt bad. And you said, did we just become best friends? I said, shit, yeah. I don't even have a bag for him. <laughs> oh, well, that's get okay. you you'll, you'll see James again at <laughs> so, some point, I'm sure. This is for you. I'm sorry for the... Uh, yeah, he brought gift bags. By the way, yeah, the it, not, a pre- not a prerequisite to uh, appear on the show to bring gift bags, yeah, but, bag but I'll get you out. Always, always, uh, yeah. always appreciate it. You, my gosh, what all did you come with here? So you mentioned the CBD. Nick and Nate I've been working with for three yeah. years. Game Up Nutrition is a company we started about nine months ago. Uh, oh. You know, Nate's fighting August 17th. Uh-huh. Um, we're going to be promoting you're going to be seeing a lot of this uh he's really going hard getting behind it we've worked yeah. out all the kinks and put out i know you're a vegan so that's that's a, a vegan oh, thank male you. optimized thank you. And multivitamin so is yeah. that's cool yeah and yeah so we got to get you both i guess yeah, yeah. both afterwards because i this guy uh, james is the guy who turned me on to all this he's the guy who told me about you who told me about the tournament he opened the door and i saw stuff. the shirt i was yeah. like my man this yeah, is yeah, your street team right member then. right here this is yeah i appreciate yeah, the support yeah, yeah. yeah. for anyone this is actually the high roller shirt which yeah I, get I think i got on this. well i think i got we're gonna one. get you all Everywhere we're gonna get you all the new ones oh my gosh boy you loaded us up yeah. Look at all this stuff. Oh my gosh, I got a patch you, here man. for yeah, my no gear. Yeah, I got you some keychains, a couple different things Ooh. from both brands, but a patch and some t-shirts. I didn't have all the different t-shirts in, in 2X, but yeah. I gave you what, what I do have at 2X. Thanks, man. Well, thank course. you. Uh, thank uh, you so much, man. We, uh, yeah. we, got a, uh, we got a phone booth fighting uh, t-shirt here for you, too. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's actually, I was terrified this last week about it. When we're done with this yeah. segment, I had that celebrity softball oh, that's cool. tournament. Oh, that's cool. And they, the day before, they're like, oh, I'm like, what do I wear? They're like, oh, we, we made you a, uh, an outfit. I'm like, oh, fuck. A medium. Right, but no, <laughs> I, I wasn't too worried because I was playing, the Raiders were on my team. So I'm like, 
all right, they're getting uniforms for a bunch of fucking football players. Yeah. You know, when Jose Canseco was on yeah. the hockey team with them, I'm like, hockey players, football players, like, uh, I should be in good company. I'll be all right. But the whole night before, I'm like, fuck, do I bring a backup T-shirt that's just blank just in Absolutely. case? You know? <laughs> so I'm to like a fat kid. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. A- apropos of nothing that we were talking about earlier, but just a quick aside, because I have to say this before I forget it. This softball, celebrity softball thing you played in uh, this past weekend, Frank, I don't know if this this would be the problem with having me there as like the Bat Boy or something. I would not have been able to get through an entire afternoon with you on Marcus Allen's team without me taking Marcus Allen aside and saying, so when you testified in the OJ trial, I have a few questions. He was a key witness. He's a serious dude. Yeah? It's kind of funny. Okay, we'll switch for a second, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there, and I'm on Marcus Allen's team, and then uh, – what other celebrity? I mean, obviously it was the football players you know, from the Raiders, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and we have a, a college softball girl is going to be our pitcher. So what they did was they provided each team with a pitcher. Okay. Some girl mm-hmm. used to play at Tennessee or Colorado. I forgot, but she yeah. played on you know professional. Was level she wearing or, a visor? They always wear visors. I don't remember. No. Visor with the ponytail pulled out the back. Uh, but mm-hmm. she knew how to play. Yeah. I think she, she was really like a shortstop because uh-huh. she's only soft pitching anyway. It wasn't like she was a, yeah. a pitcher. Now. One of the innings, let me show you how serious fucking uh, uh, Marcus Allen is, right? Mm-hmm. Cool guy. I like him. I'm talking to him while we're sitting mm-hmm. there. Interesting, you know, probably one of the best – I mean, statistically, one of the greatest running backs of all time, right? Mm-hmm. From college, I mean, he's on – he has accomplishments that no one else has. Right? I know who he is. Yeah, That's how impressive he is. There you go. Yeah. And so, uh, so Jose Canseco – okay, now, you can only score – first of all, it's a celebrity fucking <laughs> – tournament at one point i only batted once single to first you know and then after that i was like i i had my at bat i called bella down and bella played so Mm -hmm. it's not serious there's no batting order like they wanted a batting order he doesn't even have a batting order Mm -hmm. so so it's eight runs to not they've scored eight runs in this inning you can only score 10 runs we have no outs as of right now the bases are loaded up comes jose canseco who earlier hit in the home run derby and he can hit a softball 500 feet no problem so he's obviously going to hit a fucking grand slam which means he's going to score two runs at all because it's eight zero right now or eight runs and if he scores two hits a grand slam he scores two follow me right easy well wait wouldn't a grand slam be four four no, but there's a 10 run max 10 run max oh, you can only score uh, 10 points yes, okay. yes. so out. so he's going to max out so those two runs don't count it don't yes. matter. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, he'll run the base. His run, technically, the guy on first and him, they don't count now. Yeah. Also, too, it gets us up to bat now because there's more of a time limit. We have no outs. So he tells the girl to roll the ball, to roll it at him. It's a celebrity softball match, right? So I'm like, and I'm looking at him, and I was like, you know, there's a 10-run max. He goes, yeah. And then after I realized how, I'm like, I'm not going to explain to him. I'm like, okay, so in my brain, I'm such a strategist. I'm doing the math. I'm like, okay, maybe I'm the stupid one here. Let me figure this out real quick. He's going to walk Jose because he's going to have her bowl the ball, piss off the crowd. Everybody's booing. The poor girl's about to cry, <laughs> right? You know, Because she's like looking over and like everybody's like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, yeah. Why are you bowling it? Like yeah. the girl that pitched against me, like they're purposely trying to give you a pitch for you to hit. They're not trying to like, strike you out. You know what yeah. I mean? You could tell the girl low or higher. Like, we're talking to the pitchers. <laughs> and so, so I'm like, okay, so you walk Jose, you score one more run. Now it's nine runs. And you're going to get the next three people out with no one scoring. And you're going to do all this to save one run. 
I didn't get it. Like I couldn't figure it out. Like and it's and me, I don't like strategies that don't make sense. You know, mm-hmm. and so I'm really rattling my brain trying to figure out where the angle is. I'm just like Bro, you are still at your age are psychotically fucking competitive. That's one of the things that probably made him as great of a running back as he is. This in short distance too, like a goal line guy. Like this guy, don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like if he's going through that hole, he's going through the hole. You're like, you know who's on the other side of that hole waiting for you? I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like so I'm like look at him. And I just kept looking at the poor girl, and then like I walked out like, dude, I'm so sorry. And I even told her, I'm like. I, I get it. Like we all like. He goes. I know. Everybody's booing at me. I'm like, uh, I know. <laughs> Frank would have been in Marcus Allen's uh, uh, left ear with that, and on the right, I would have been like, so under cross examination, <laughs> you acknowledged a romantic relationship with Nicole Brown. Yeah, you know that, right? No. Oh yeah. He and OJ were good friends, but then he was also at some point involved with, not while they were married, but later. But, yeah, there was a bit of a triangle it's, it's going It's man law, bro. You do yeah, not right. fuck with someone's girl, yeah. man, even if it's their ex-girl. Never. Does he still live here? Uh, OJ, yes. He does yes. still live just, in Vegas? Just join Twitter. As a I saw that on the news thing. Yeah. 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 I, didn't, I, I just saw Bill Cosby still on all social media. Did you see that? Uh, yeah, somebody did he must, release something? How does he? Yeah, he put out a Father's Day message. Yeah. And people were pretty pissed. He said, <laughs> somebody, from America's dad. <laughs> somebody's, somebody's running the account. I that think. is disappointing. That yeah. does suck. I finally, that's my one. Mm-hmm. You know, like when people found out, you know, Michael Jackson's a pedophile, like it yeah. kills them. Yeah. Or, you know, fucking uh, um, the other guy now. Uh, R. Kelly. R. Kelly, you know, and like yeah. people like, you know, just the other day, Jennifer's in the car. She's like, fuck, do I, you know, I like R. Kelly's songs. Like, I guess yeah. we can't listen to R. Kelly anymore. Yeah. So like, you know, when your hero fucking crashes and burns, that was mine. Yeah. Bill Cosby, because I watched the Cosby show as a kid. So like, that was my impression impersonation of a perfect dad. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah. so when he went down, like that fucked me up, man. Like, I'm like, Cosby's, you know, Huxtable's yeah. a fucking rapist? <laughs> no! Yeah. Yeah. Fuck me up bad, man. The day you realize that you're a better dad than the guy you thought was yeah. America's dad. Yeah. Nah, but wasn't. you're a good dad, though, so that's yeah. all right. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right, well, listen, it's, thank you for all. This is too of kind. Course. This is uh, uh, beautiful stuff. If you guys want to check out his gear, because he's got some awesome stuff. There's rash guards. There's the T-shirts, uh, patches, everything. You can go to uh, highrollers.com, highrollers with a Z, and uh, check the stuff out. And especially thank you for the CBD oil, because this is actually something that I have started using uh, regularly. Because awesome. um, uh, I am about to turn this. So I am training for my second amateur MMA fight. Uh, these two were at my first one and desperately tried to talk me into retiring after that debacle. But I said no. I said no. That's I awesome. I said I have another one left no. in me. What it really is is I think when I tell the tall tales later on, it sounds better to talk about the fights that I had. And I'm going to emphasize yeah. the S Plurals when I talk day. about it. Right. So uh, so I got my second one coming up, but I'm going to turn 49 before I fight this year. So uh, the CBD oil has really helped with like, what I find it helps with is all the aches and pains and stuff like that, but also like just kind of turning my mind off at night, not turning it off, but calming it down because it races. My mind's like, I don't naturally, I'm not one of those people that's like, whoop, 11 o'clock, time to go to bed. I'll close my eyes and be asleep in five minutes. I can't do it. My mind's just, and training is, you know, 530. I got to get up at 530. So it's like, yeah, that definitely helps with that. It it definitely, it's a very weird thing that I was actually asked the other day and started thinking about and couldn't answer how the claim is that it's not psychoactive, Mm -hmm. which it's not, but it does calm the internal chatter in the mind. Yeah, I, got a yeah, I don't of feel, a thing to that. I, I don't, I don't know, feel okay, high. 
Yeah. The other day. I don't feel high. Exactly. No. Yeah. About a month ago, because Bella was still in school. Now, Bella has her learner's permit. My daughter, she's mm-hmm. 15. So I pick her up from school, and then she, I get out, and she gets in the driver's seat, and we drive home. So I had this CBD bottle, and I went to go splunge it out because I take it twice a day. And only like half of it, and I kind of looked up in the light, and it was like, oh, there's not much left. I underestimated what not much was. So I just threw the plunger out, and I dumped it in my mouth. And I probably got about 10 dosages worth at once. And I was even like, I was like, oh, shit, that was more than I expected. But, ah, fuck it, you know, I'll just, I wasted it, I think, you know. I drove, and by the time I picked up Bella, I was like, oh, fuck, I think I'm like, I had a different feeling. I'm like, I'm like, and then I'm trying to run through my brain. I'm like, did I take the wrong fucking thing? Like, did I take something? I mean, like, trying to figure out why I feel uh, like a, a high, not high, like fucked yeah. up, like if I had it smoked, you know, but like a different kind of like, I mean, talk about like a real, just like I, I can tell I'm in a different state of mind. Was you, it a full spectrum or THC infused CBD? Yeah. yeah, THC in it. The that, point zero three. That's yeah, yeah. yeah. We so well point zero three. We we use hemp. It's um, industrial hemp, and the, the way that we extract it, it is actually no THC at all. So we use distillate. Oh. So mm-hmm. full spectrum CBD will take all the different components of the plant and. It, it basically replicates the entourage effect. They say that all the different components of the plant merge together to provide the best uh, benefit, but there's also that. There's THC still present, so drug tests are an issue for people uh, who are and recovery. that's full spectrum. Yeah. That's full spectrum. And then yeah. the other one is uh, we we use distillate. There's a few different there are. There's a few different kinds of uh, uh, processes, and it keeps changing over. But um, it, it's the main thing is it's, if it's extracted from cannabis or hemp, which is kind of confusing in the way that there's two. Industrial hemp has low THC levels to begin with, so then when you take it from the plant, you extract everything out. Basically, so I was so high. Yeah. It, it's very possible. Frank, Frank but, always yeah. finds a way. But that's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I was high. I even got home and like laid in bed afterwards. Yeah. And I'm sitting there, and then Jennifer, like she's sitting there, she's talking to me about something, and then she like looks over at me, and she's all you fucking high i'm all funny story <laughs> Frank's the guy that when you're you're arguing for legalization you're like listen nobody's ever overdosed for marijuana frank's like that's a challenge yeah. <laughs> okay all right well who says yeah. can't be done yeah. i think when i told you that you're like do you normally shake the bottle i'm all yeah <laughs> i just ate the bottle. now i do yeah. Now, yeah. i'm sitting there going fuck i wonder if all the thc you know maybe did you uh, did you hear about the grandma down in uh florida at disney Oh, they got arrested, yeah, right? Yeah, right. she had she had CBD oil, and it I didn't know it was a grandma. I heard someone yeah. got arrested yeah, for she was CBD. Like 65. Yeah, and she had from the state she was in, she had a she had her doctor's note with her for her arthritis or whatever it was. The CBD. What cop would actually fucking pull, so, drop the hammer on that? They found it. They called the cop over because they check your bags going through. They called the cop. They literally pulled out a testing kit, took her her CBD to a testing kit and tested it. And it had a a little bit because, like you say, and some have a little bit of THC right. in them, depending on how they're processed. And they fucking nailed her to the wall for it, man. They took her to jail for it, not a ticket, no nothing, no court summons. Took her to jail for it. Fucking, she'd never been arrested. The good thing is, why the would you give someone that like guy. that a criminal wreck? Right? You, and, dude, yeah, come true. on. Yeah, they, they, I would love to meet the guy and be like, bro, through. how small is your dick? Seriously, yeah, do you know what I mean like, are you fucking like, can you pee or does it like dribble down your balls? You know what I mean? like, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Some people don't operate on common sense whatsoever. It's yeah. a very black and white world. But uh, that type of thing these days in the social media days, where. I'd say the vast majority of America wants illegal legal cannabis, yeah. you know, and that's that's evident of the politics are behind. The politics are linked to corporations. As you said earlier, Richard, that's mm-hmm. mainly what's holding this up. The yeah. fact that yeah. they're not controlling and making money mm-hmm. on it. And it's 
it's moved beyond what they can do because people aren't waiting anymore, you yeah. know, obviously. Mm-hmm. So at least this stuff is met with exactly what we're doing right now, that it's ridiculous. Yeah. And it's a waste of money. It's a waste of time. And that woman mm-hmm. should be. Well, and, and also what happens is uh, the powers that be realize there's money in this. All of a sudden you can go, hey, we can. This is taxable. You know, this is a revenue generator. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. I, I am some like, for example, I don't gamble. But I like gambling. I like living in a city where gambling's legal. Because rather than that being a black market enterprise that gives rise to crime, I can walk through a casino, feel like the smartest guy in the world, because I understand the odds favor the house. But at the same time, if that's what those folks want to do, it helps my tax base as a a local resident. And I love the dumb arguments. I had this one with somebody. He's in law enforcement, and we're having a conversation, and he goes, oh, well, you know, I'm firmly still against, you know, marijuana. And I looked at him, I was like, well, hey, man, you're a cop. I mean, how many fucking guys have you ever really busted? He goes, no, it's a gateway drug. That's what leads the other drugs. I'm all, no, it doesn't. I'm like, hold on a second. Like, did you have a party when you were younger? I have never started my night out smoking weed and it led to coke or mollies or anything crazy mm-hmm. or even a crazy fucking story usually it leads to me just fucking chilling out the house maybe yeah. going fucking raiding taco bell you yeah. know alcohol is a gateway drug it's mm-hmm. socially accepted and that usually leads you to make fucking bad decisions Absolutely. every night that i've ever led to a night that like i can never fucking talk about on air started mm-hmm. out with alcohol yeah. you know what i mean that, you know what I mean? so you yeah. sit there and go well come on man you know what i mean like you're okay with beer but you're not okay like eh, no it was fucked up for me as a kid i remember going back and alcohol was socially acceptable but it was so damaging and negative however i sit through dare and they lump cannabis with heroin mm. so for oh, me yeah. when i first used it i thought like well i'm doing yeah. something really <clears throat> bad here and i should be hiding this and like now i'm entering this whole world of all this crazy bad shit that i probably shouldn't be doing it's the preface, like the information. It took me years mm-hmm. to back out of that thinking and realize it's it's something that I'm using supplementally. You know what I did whenever uh, Dare came to my school? <laughs> Raised my hand. Question for the representative. Can you confirm that Anheuser-Busch is a sponsor of the Dare <laughs> program? That's awesome. Because they were. Yeah. Really? And that, yeah, absolutely. Yep. There you go. Yeah. yeah. And Makes you sense. Asked that? Yeah. So you've you've been just destined. I was for this asked job not to. All. Yeah, that's right. I was yeah. asked not to come back to the assembly the next year. But yeah, <laughs> I like that. What yeah. you say, James? No. Oh, I was just gonna say, like with the with what we were talking about with weed. With I tell my little, you know, I have little sisters, and when it comes to out, al- sorry, when it comes to alcohol and weed, I mean, we're all men at this table. You've got a daughter. Yeah. I've told my little sisters they're now sixteen. They're driving. They're going to parties. You know what I mean? And we have that talk about drugs and alcohol and drinking and, you know, what can happen and how those things can lead into very big mistakes for a girl, especially a young girl. Yeah. I, think, I think we all know and have heard stories growing up. House parties are the worst. That's why Absolutely. I want to lower the drinking age. So I've, I've, I mean, I've had that talk with my sisters that, hey, listen, I'm not stupid that you're not going to, I'm not going to sit here and say, obviously, I want you to do nothing. That's what I want you to do. But I'm not stupid to sit here and think that you're really not going to ever do anything. And so I've had that conversation with them, like, look, man, if you're going to do something, be the girl that smokes a joint at a party. Because I can guarantee you'll never get raped. I guarantee you're never going to be out of your mind where something crazy is going to happen. You know what I mean? So it's just, like you said, it's the stigma where we have to get that away where people don't think so crazy. Yeah, you're right. Me. I've never seen anybody get so high. They're like, what did I do yesterday? Never. Yeah. Never. Well, there's no Throw memory. No one ever got so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you might That's get drone on your face because, yeah, you fell asleep. But yeah. it's not. But you're going to wake up from it. You're not going to be so out of it that you don't feel someone marked. But also, you're too, putting how your, many people? You know I mean, it's, it's funny because it's socially accepted alcohol, but I, people forget all the time. Like people go, oh, "This guy's a hard and drink." I'm like, "Hey, man, you know, just because I'm always getting my blood work done, I, I know what my liver enzymes are. I know how my kidneys function." You know what I mean? So I, I always sit there and wonder what people think. I'm like, "Hey, 
you know that shit will kill you, right? Like, and I drink, I like beer, but also too, like I'm not under the impression that it's like completely benign and, and harmless, you know? And it's like, you know, so when you sit there and go, oh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking down a couple scotches every night, I'm all, that's mm -hmm. not better than drinking, smoking a joint, man. You know right. what I mean? Like, I just hate to break you the news. Like, like yeah. the joints guy's gonna live a lot fucking longer. You know what I mean? Like, well, he's smoking something. I'm like, well, nah, you know, that alcohol is gonna fuck you up. You know, yeah. smoke as much as you want a day, you ain't gonna die. Go ahead and let's go ahead and bottle down this bottle of fucking uh, Everclear and let's see what happens to you. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, and fuck, and it she'll kill you. The health, but the mental side too. I haven't drank yeah. in eight years, and that's because I used to overdo it. Like with everything, I learned that about myself. It's not just substance. It's a good, bad. I'm drawn to the things that yeah, allow me to escape or you know whatever i'm a very intense uh, fixated person so i need to pick and choose what i you know how i utilize that energy but when i did that with alcohol life was fucking miserable yeah there is no way if ands or but i don't know that anybody can do that successfully drinking mm -hmm. you know it wasn't constant but it was a constant thing of hey my release is going out and drinking and that just leads down really yeah it yeah, just leads yeah. to really well, bad and shit. i can od on edibles and, and maybe take more than i should because sometimes i get it in the Tim makes them in the fucking uh, crisp, uh, Rice Krispies. Rice Krispies. You know, it, it's not an exact science. Sometimes mm -hmm. a bite doesn't do much. Sometimes a bite and I'm fucking, I'm waking up talking to aliens and shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> swear to God, they're coming visiting me, right? <laughs> and so uh, the next day, no matter what, I can go train. I feel mm -hmm. fine. If I have a night of drinking, I almost guarantee, and you know this, you, <laughs> how many years we train together? Yeah. If you say we have a morning session and like, well, Frank was out drinking last night, mm -hmm. it ain't happening, dude. You're lucky if we're going to see him in the fucking evening. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you're hung over. You feel like shit. You wake up. You're dehydrated. You're like, ah, oh, my fucking yeah. head's two sizes too small. You know. Yeah. Yep. Highrollers.com is the website. Highrollers with a Z dot com. Matt Stout has been our guest. This has been a fascinating conversation, man. Thank you for coming in, and especially thanks for uh, the the gifts. But uh, really, I mean, this is uh, actually I was going to ask before we go because obviously I have a personal the kratom. Uh, do you take that also? I take it at a bunch of fighters that I know use it pretty consistently. So I, company, they've turned me on to it. This company is actually connected with the Diaz brothers. Mitch respect, yeah. I know. Yes, yeah. Yeah. that's why I recognized it from behind. Yeah. Eye yeah. Yes, yeah. She's I, been dude, awesome. A, yeah. a lot of high-level athletes take Kratom pretty consistently for a number of reasons. Dude, and I, it, well, I take it here and there, and I feel the effects drastically. Like when I go up to, to Nate's, I don't train like like them. I don't train consistently, but I'll train at times. But I go in and I get like a month's worth of training in three or four days with them. Yeah. They're like, put yeah. a fucking gi on and hit the mat, <laughs> you know. And it's not. 30 minutes of training, 30 minutes. It's like four hours of never ending, you know, yeah. and kind of just coming. I can only me, imagine. Yeah. The next day I'm fucking ruined because I don't right. know that life, yeah. you know? So they're like, here, take some of these. And I'm like complaining and I take them. Two later, I'm like, holy shit, I'm mm -hmm. ready to go. It's it's pretty fucking yeah. incredible yeah, amazing, what this right? stuff does. It really, and I know many personal accounts of people getting off opiates using it. Just about it. to say that, yeah. yeah. I'm one, yeah. Yeah. big time, a yeah. huge. I, I've taken opiates ever since I broke my leg. Obviously, at a peak, I had a bad opiate addiction with the pain pills. But even after that, I was somebody that, like, there's never been a time where I wasn't taking one or two. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I might go a week without, but then I'll be, like, sitting there and my back would hurt, knees would mm -hmm. hurt. You know, and I would do just enough to make sure, you know, to avoid the drug tests, you know, stop taking them before. Yeah. But this was the first time in my life that I've actually now trained consi uh, consistently and not actually rely on pain medication. It's amazing shit. We, we're trying to launch it. We've tried to make an infused pre-workout product for oh, Game wow. Up. Because it's a plant-based company at its mm -hmm. core, but CBDs and components. We're using these plant-based power powerhouse products in a modern brand and hopefully trying through the triathletes and, and eating veganism. There, there's not 
there's not necessarily like a tough guy cool image with that you Shit know about it's kind of like yeah. the hippie veganism plant-based yeah. stuff a lot yeah, of people say i'm changing that but i know what you mean it's a slow I, you, process you, you've changed it for me completely yeah. yeah no no i mean honestly i i it's very tough to to it's just like with the cannabis it's that stigma it's the way people associate yeah. there's definitely different characters that eat that way but not many that come out and openly because mm-hmm. it's a brand yeah. defining character mm-hmm. so for the diaz brothers they've doing this shit yeah. for a decade yeah, the, now. The, my go-to when everybody you know it makes yeah. fun of you know, a vegan a pussy i'm like well hold on a second oh yeah <laughs> yeah let me have you not heard of the ds brothers right, yeah. well and, and not <laughs> i really love not. telling people i'm vegan the yeah. look i get yeah. is hilarious me being right. my size tatted up i mean it's the funniest thing i go to a restaurant i'm like what are your vegan options Fuck. Man, I yeah. wish I knew that you were both. I would have got you. Well, I'll get you hooked. Up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, awesome. And, and the thing about the Diaz brothers, too, because I love that example as well, is not only the toughness, but I also like to say, you know who's you know who never misses weight in a fight? You know who never runs out of energy? You know who's got cardio for days? Like, there's a lot of things you can point to. Yeah, and that's absolutely. it. Actually, in talking to Nick, that guy is not maybe the most sociable person when you put him on a podcast reacting to somebody. But if you ask him something he's passionate or knowledgeable, knowledgeable about, mm-hmm. his diet, nutrition, or, or, or fighting, you're going to get, like, an extremely intense answer. He mm-hmm. knows every, every supplement he takes exactly what it does to his body. He knows... It's just incredible wow, kind incredible, of listening yeah. to him. He yeah, that's really what I've always tried to explain deep. to people after meeting Nick and Nate a couple of times, you know, being at fights, sitting next to him and stuff. Whenever they sit there, they go, oh, you know, they're kind of dicks. You know, I'm like, nah, man, honestly, I swear to you, they just have social anxiety. Yeah. They've never been diagnosed and don't take medications for it. They just, those guys were not built to stand up on a stage to talk to a bunch of people. Yeah, they don't want to address like, they want to fight. They yeah. want to, you know, I mean, they, so that's just, what they are. You just have a person, and then how they deal with it, you might think because they're aggressive. They can be aggressive, you know, whereas like, you know, Conor McGregor was built to, I mean, he loves the limelight. Yeah. Nick and Nate could give a shit less if you know who they are. It's just it's not their personalities. Nick's not there to entertain with bullshit and, and small talk. Neither is Nate. But but yeah, that not many people have actually asked on a passionate topic. Like, I'll hit that in person and say, hey, why do you do this or why do you do that? And the answer blows me away. I mean, it's just so detailed, mm. so through experiment. And a lot of what you had just said was him engineering that reverse. Mm. Well, the weight cut sucks. I see everybody getting bloated with this meat and all this and the stamina side. That's the triathlons. And he looked at basically his body frame. This is a man that told me when he was young, he saw, you know, the UF, first UFC. That's really what got him Hickson and, and, and all jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. But, but he realized for the first time that it's not physical. You're not just born with this body like, oh, there's a big motherfucker that's going to smash people. You can learn to fight. This is something you can learn. And when he said that to me, I was like, that's interesting because I never fixated on kind of that, that, that way of looking at it. But once he did that, he started, okay, well, this is my body frame. This is what I'm learning. I'm learning jiu-jitsu. So what do I need? I, I have stamina. Stamina mm-hmm. out through the fucking roof mm-hmm. so I can, you know, and, and he just so dedicated. Nick has been so dedicated to that sport, and I think that's kind of why he's fallen off a bit. And. He's not really gotten the, the suspensions, and it's been a hard go for him. I mean, he should. A five, I know sucks, they, they fixed it, but a f- when I heard that, a five year suspension, mm-hmm. when they handed that down for marijuana, I'm like, okay, holy fuck, guys. Yeah. Like, come on. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. for somebody that dedicated and fixated on something, it's hard to stay applied. And, you know, now people expect that he's going to be the same man he always was. I mean, he grew up at 13 running around a high school, and Nate was like, you know, he says it in interviews. Like, mm-hmm. they, he and his buddies would be walking home after school, and there goes Nick running by at 13. 13, 14 years old running miles around the town like what the hell is he doing i mean he was training back then it's just insanely dedicated 
UFC commentator Brendan Fitzgerald with us. Uh, Brendan, we just got this uh, unbelievable tour of uh, the new UFC Apex facility, which is where uh, you guys will be uh, uh, doing Dana White's Contender Series from now on. And uh, the first thing I noticed is uh, from seasons past, it looks like they don't have to turn off the air condition when you go to filming, right? <laughs> no, no, yeah. not at all. This place is something else. And uh, I'm interested to see what it looks like because... You know, they want you to earn your UFC kind of experience as well. So even though it's got the bells and whistles of the lights and the new setting, it's still going to kind of have a raw feel to it, yeah. I think. And uh, I think that's important because I think that's part of the charm of the show is like these guys are on the cusp and they deserve to have, you know, uh, some spotlight, but they're still earning their kind of big shot. And uh, but but the facility is, is amazing. I think that's a good observation because the thing that I uh, took away from the last uh, couple of seasons of the the contender series is also the same thing I thought when I was seeing uh, uh, tough fights on television. Right. Is that for anybody that's ever been in an MMA gym, even when you're seeing sparring, you know, hard sparring, right. you're still not seeing a live fight. Yeah. And there was something very. Uh, visceral about being in a very small a gym space basically but with two fighters fighting a professional fight in that gym space does that make sense absolutely yeah that that was the part of the tough gym that will always kind of I think have an endearing quality to it when Mm -hmm. people think back to it it's like obviously now this facility is a step up and for the UFC to get where it wants to go and continue to grow and be world-class then this was a necessary step but we'll look back on the tough gym as like that was cool too and i think that they'll try to kind of carry over the raw feeling of it with contender series because it is the guys that are as hungry as they can be to get their shot in the ufc so um yeah i just think it's it's interesting to see how it'll play out given the experience you've had so far with uh, contender series just get ready to start a new season what would your general piece of advice be to a fighter that's looking to get noticed obviously a win maybe a big knockout but what about the intangibles beyond that what yeah, have you noticed i think it's it's always one of those things where you never can tell where the next star is going to come from and it's tough to s- tell fighters do this and you're more likely going to be famous i think what dana's always said is the fighters just need to be who they are because i don't want to create anything that's artificial um obviously you got to win and more often than not you got to do it before the judges get involved on contender series i think the biggest example of what you can be from the contender series and what it can launch is sean o'malley Mm -hmm. when he was kind of talking his big game before he even started like i'm good enough to be a household name in this sport not just in this sport but a crossover name that can just be uh to the casual fan or the people who just aren't and will he be that the jury's still out on it but he got such a boost from this show because of what he did went up to see snoop dogg and just kind of the brand that he's continued to build from there and other contender series fighters have been really good and they're still kind of pushing forward because the contender series is still new enough you know ian heinish is in the rankings and he obviously has an incredible story I would say be an outgoing person you know if you want to be big in the fight game you have to be marketable too Mm -hmm. and so i think uh 
fighters, and this doesn't just even stretch to contender series, this is just fighters in general in the UFC. It's like, help build your brand by being outgoing and mm-hmm. ha- having a soundbite. You don't have to, you don't have to be Colby Covington, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Henry Cejudo's kind of doing it in his own way. But mm-hmm. find who you are and just kind of don't be ashamed of it. It seems like it's kind of an express version of uh, what we used to see on The Ultimate Fighter, where it's not a whole season, you're not in a house with 16 different guys, but you are going to have a smaller amount of time to be alone on that stage, and what can you do with that little bit of time? I mean, for the attention span that is what it is in 2019 mm-hmm. the show is incredible it hits all of the things that you'd want a show to be it's four fights that count it's top prospects from all over the country that aren't fighting a tomato can in maine or somebody in south dakota or some of those smaller shows where you got one big guy and then maybe an out-of-town guy it's like no let's get the best of the best let's put them together now from across the world and uh see where they stack up you tune into the contender series, and in two hours, you're going to see the next fighter that's going to the UFC mm-hmm. or multiple. So I think it's really exciting with that. It's it's great for the fighters to launch them. It's great for fans to kind of see what's coming up. It gives us great moments to kind of help build their celebrity as they start uh, in their UFC, and um, all in two hours an episode or mm-hmm. you know thereabouts so it is it's the perfect kind of vehicle for a lot of different reasons last question for you uh, as you have uh, uh, migrated over to doing this I, you know I'm somebody who's only ever liked combat sports right. but for someone who like, you get a journalism degree yeah. right you know yeah. somebody who probably Tra- covered got, traditional sports exactly right. got interested in traditional sports but then started seeing that your path was coming this way yeah. take me through your your preparatory process i mean above and beyond any old ufc pay-per-views you'd yeah. ever seen once you realized that this was going to be the gig how did you start honing that that focus yeah i i came up with a system when i was at espnu and i was covering a lot of college basketball and yep. there's like 300 something teams and mm-hmm. i was just like how am i ever going to fit all this in my brain and so i just kind of steadily made a file on each team if i was going to do halftime of this game or whatever i just kind of had and it would just grow based on assignment so i took that over to when i started covering the ufc and any fighter that i call i make a computer file on word i have kind of a, my own system of their history and their recent results and you know all the nuts and bolts and so now when I look at a fight card obviously with the contender series they're all new names yeah but when I look at a fight card for Sacramento I'm like oh I got 18 files already on these guys and now I'll fill in the rest on fighters that I haven't called yet and I've just kind of built this library in my computer and I've backed it up on like three hard drives because it's so important to me but I have now like literally hundreds of files all with a running tally on what those people have done and kind of if I see somebody on the card then I just have to kind of update that file from the last time that they fought you know or, or the last time that I called their fight so uh so you're like the J. Edgar Hoover yeah just MMA gonna, <laughs> commentator in some ways I guess carrying other ways files <laughs> around on everyone but dossiers uh, yeah yeah no I just have a, a big kind of library and yeah. I know Anik does it differently because I kind of wanted uh-huh. to see what he did and he uh-huh. has like his handwritten cards that people know about um and so for me i do microsoft word files and i just keep adding to them and uh you know with each show it seems like you know i'll have oh i've done 20 of these fighters or mm-hmm. i've done 15 of these or 23 whatever it is but 
just keep growing it. Well, preparation shows. Yeah, sounds good. That's right. Yeah. Thank you very much, Thanks for the time, man. You bet. Well, yeah. let's. Uh, we got to put a wrap on this one, just because I've got. I'm guest hosting MMA Junkie, so I got to head over there and do that. And and Frank's got some uh, stuff as FFC. well. Oh yeah, Frank's got FFC tomorrow night. Uh, FFC going down here at the Rio in uh, Las Vegas, and uh, uh, looking forward to the fights. Okay, Frank, do your thing. Tell everybody about the and Amazon then on Friday. Oh, okay. No, I'll be on a, actually. Uh, um, UFC Fight Pass for the XFN. Oh, okay, Call cool. Those fights, so. Right on. All right. Busy so uh, couple of days of commentating for uh, Frank Mir. Flying around, man. Tell everybody about that Amazon banner on the front of phoneboothfighting.com. That's one of the easiest ways you can help us out of the show, by clicking on the Amazon banner and doing all your shopping for your wants and needs there. A small percentage of your uh, your purchases come back to us at no extra cost to you. What if I want to follow this little show on social media? Well, if you're on Facebook or Instagram, you can follow us at Phone Booth Fighting. If you're on uh, Snapchat or Twitter, it's just Phone Booth Fight. That's it. All right, guys, thanks for coming in. Porno Mikey doing a great job producing. For Frank Mir, I'm Richard Hunter, and we'll see you right back here next time on Phone Booth Fighting. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Those kids were fast as lightning. In fact, it was a little bit frightening. But they fought with